Hey, what's going on? My name is Matthew and welcome to the Real Life Podcast. This is a place where we hope that you can be encouraged, that your faith can be built up, and that you can leave feeling more connected to Jesus and his church than when you tuned in. Hello, Real Life. My name is Richie. I'm so glad to be together today. So excited for this Christmas season. Uh, as we look at the end of 2020, I know that this is a time when we need hope. Uh, we're launching several conversations here through the month of December, just talking about hope and, and really a hope that uh, is beyond this world, beyond circumstances, beyond everything you're facing right now. I believe God wants to fill you with hope. I, I'm excited to see hope rise in your hearts and believe that God is gonna speak during this time together. When I think about the nature of hope, it's something that you, you, you and I kind of have to hold on to, desiring um, the future that we're anticipating. Hope isn't something that you see now, it's something you anticipate in the future. I think the, the challenging part about not only this year, but circumstances in so many of our lives has been, every time it seems that we find a place to put our hope, something about that disappoints us. Maybe it's a person, a relationship, a marriage. Uh, maybe it's a schooling thing, an education uh, desire. Maybe it's a sports team. It's a anticipated future. Wherever you've placed your hope, when that doesn't happen the way you hoped it would happen, disappointment, discouragement, overwhelmness, just seems to flood our souls. And man, if I look at 2020, I could say candidly in my own life, my own heart and my family, it feels like disappointment after disappointment. God, we need hope. This is a conversation over the next few weeks just to, to really look and lift our eyes uh, to a different place, to an eternal place. We believe uh, as a people that we are eternal beings. We are going to live forever. And so the hope that we are choosing to put our eyes on is a hope of heaven, a hope beyond this life. And I really believe that God wants to give you a reason to put your hope in heaven as well. And I believe that through this time together today, he's gonna just fill you with a hope that you've never had. As we look at the Christmas story together, there's something about it that's really hard to recreate. The Advent season is this anticipatory season, an arrival of God's promised savior. Mankind in a plight of sinfulness and brokenness, God made us to be in relationship with him really no way for us to get back in the relationship with him. It's been this effort after effort, religious work after religious work, trying to be right with God. And yet every time those attempts seem to fall short, there's this, oh, can we get there? Can we experience salvation? God promises a son, his name is Jesus, to come rescue mankind. Now I want you to just kind of sit in this for a second with me. There's been seven, 800 years of waiting prior to the arrival of Jesus. And not only that, 400 years of silence prior to the arrival of Jesus. Meaning God not speaking, no revelation, no prophetic words, no messages from heaven, nothing revelatory at all for 400 years. 
can imagine the despair and the hopelessness. And then one, one evening, these angels break into the sky and, and shepherds are blown away by this message of proclamation. God is here. He's come to rescue. He's here to save. Like, what, what an amazing, joyous moment. For generations, we've been waiting for this, and God is finally coming through. See, the Christmas story is the fulfillment of promise. And I believe that our God is a God of promise, promise over and over and over again in scripture, promise that you and I can put our hope in. What I love about the Christmas story is it brings us this realization that if God promised a savior and he came through, we now have the ability to take every promise of God and firmly put our hope in those promises, knowing that God will come through. Christmas is this arrival of God's son and fulfillment of promise. Hope is a promise that you can put your, your, all of your attention, your desire, your future on, anything God has said, has spoken, we can put our hope there. I wanna look back, way back, to some of those original prophecies of the arrival of Jesus. We're gonna go to the book of Isaiah. If you have a Bible, Bible app, Go to chapter seven of Isaiah. It's maybe not a book that you've read. It's a book of prophecy. Isaiah was a prophet of God sent for a specific time in history to speak messages of, of really declaration of who God is and the covenants that he had made with his people, calling his people back to relationship with him. If you think a prophet, don't always think of like foretelling the future. Think also of, of this kind of call back to God, call back to relationship with God. There is these futuristic moments sometimes in these messages, like we'll see here in Isaiah chapter seven, but a lot of times it's a call back to relationship with God. And, and Isaiah is used in a particular part of history. So if you read Isaiah just for what it is, there's all these messages of prophecy, but you have to understand the history and the moment in time that he's speaking this prophecy. So you'd have to read first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles to go back further in the Old Testament to see the history of God's people and really pull the whole story together. So the message from the prophet makes sense in the context to those that he's speaking. There's a king named Ahaz. He's the king of Judah. God's people, his nation has split into two nations at this point, Israel and Judah. Judah is still attempting to follow God. Israel has rejected God, gone their own way. And we find Ahaz in a massive predicament here in Isaiah chapter seven. And God sends his messenger Isaiah into the middle of that mess to speak promise, to speak hope, to speak future, to speak uh, this covenant of what God wants to do, could do, desires to do in Ahaz's life and the life of his people. It's a message of hope brought through this prophet Isaiah. But I want you to see how Ahaz navigates this. So here's the background. I said the nations are in two. Judah is, is in this predicament. What is it? Well, there's these two nations, Israel and another one named Syria that have teamed up to come against God's people, against Judah. They're massive, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're ready to destroy Judah, take them into captivity. Ahaz the king is terrified. 
Just think of any anxiety that you have about your future, any overwhelmness that you might sense right now about how things might go in the future, what, what would be the worst case scenario of your life, or your family, or any, like you could just imagine Ahaz crushed with these kind of anxieties. How is this gonna go? There's no way we could defeat these guys. How are we gonna navigate this pressure, this turmoil? So into this anxiety, God speaks. And he speaks through the prophet Isaiah. If you're in chapter seven with me, look at, look at verse four. God says to, tells Isaiah to say to Ahaz, be careful, Ahaz, be quiet. Do not fear and do not let your heart be faint because of these two smoldering stumps of firebrands. He's speaking of Israel and Syria, these two nations that are coming against him. I just want you to hear it again. Be careful, be quiet, do not fear, and do not let your heart be faint because of these two smoldering stumps of firebrands. God speaks this word of encouragement, this word of hope into Ahaz's heart. And as he does, there's this kind of sense of like, oh, God's here. He's working. He, he, he could come through. He could rescue. Look at verse 7. So God says to Ahaz, it shall not stand. It shall not come to pass. In the New Living, I love what, what it says is that this invasion will never happen. It will not take place, Ahaz. All that you're worried about, it's not going to happen. I promise. But then in verse 9, God puts a condition on this promise. If Ahaz, you are not firm in faith, you will not be firm at all. Anytime God makes a covenant with mankind, there's always this if-then principle in play. I promise to be God. I promise to come through. I promise to rescue you if, this is, this is the condition, if you will trust me, if you will follow me, if you will put your faith in me. He says in this passage, if you are not firm in faith, Ahaz, if you are not firm in faith, real life, you will not be firm at all. This is a promise with this condition on it. And so then God comes back to Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah. Look at verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. And he, he says this, I want you to ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol, like as deep as hell or as high as heaven. Like ask for anything you want as a sign that I will come through. I want to give you something to help kind of establish your faith in this time. But Ahaz says, no, I'm not going to ask and I, I will not put the Lord God to the test. There's this sense maybe like, Maybe the, the Ten Commandments is ringing through his heart right now. I, I, I'm not allowed to put my God to the test, and so I'm not going to do that. And he says, okay, hear then, O house of David. Is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God also? Therefore, verse 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 
If you fast forward to the Christmas story, you know this to be the the prophecy that's referenced in Matthew chapter one of the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah. But here's where that promise was originally given, was in this context of this uncertainty of Judah about to be squished by these two massive superpowers. And, and God saying, hey, I, I'm gonna give you a sign, this virgin, this, this wife of yours, she's gonna have a child and, and you'll name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's a promise, it's a sign. You can have faith that God will come through on your behalf. But you remember the, the, the covenant, right? The, the if part of this whole statement. If you do not stand firm in faith, Ahaz, you will not stand at all. But I think that's really important to pull into this picture here because Ahaz chooses to take matters into his own hands. He chooses to run to another superpower, Assyria begin to negotiate a deal with them and, and, and literally give the soul of Judah to this other king saying, hey, will you protect us from these other guys? And in so doing, if you go back to 2 Kings 16, you could see this whole story un, unfold. But as he gives really the soul of God's people to this other king, he, he begins to unravel God's leadership in their life, taking matters into his own hands, not standing firm in faith in God, but trying to do it his own way. Ends up in this massive place where, where God's people are brought into captivity, sold into slavery. They're brought into this place of absolute destruction. Ahaz ends up actually sacrificing this child of promise on the altar of a pagan God in worship to Assyrian's God. Not only does he walk away from God, but he totally defiles anything that would give this sense that we are God's people. Takes apart the temple, all the symbols of worship to God are all pulled apart. Ahaz goes his own way and finds himself in this place of destruction. See, hope is a promise. Our God is a God of promise. Hope can fill your heart, no matter the anxiety, the uncertainty, the pressure you feel. When we understand that our God is a God of promise and not a God of empty promises, but a God of fulfillment always fulfilling his promises. But I want you to just hear the, the condition of his promise. If you are not firm in your faith, you will not be firm at all. So I think that, that you and I want to be firm. We want to have a hope that doesn't disappoint, that doesn't get taken away from us. We want to have a hope that we can hold on to through all the uncertainty and all the anxiety. And God wants that for you too. God wants you to be able to have a hope that you can hold on to. And I really believe that a, a hope that will never disappoint you is a hope placed in the promises of God. That's really, really the, the desire of this whole conversation is, could we become a people that put our hope not in circumstances, not in political figures, not in vaccines, not in anything that's temporary and of this, of this world, but hope in the promise of our God who created us, who loves us, who has purpose for us, who sees you, knows you, wants to lead you toward his purpose for your life. Man, that's the desire of this conversation is, could we become a people of putting our hope in the promise of God. 
Man, that's a hope that will never disappoint us, that will never fail us, that will never go away. If we stand firm in our faith, man, that is the kind of hope that God wants to give us. But if we don't stand firm, we won't stand at all. So where do we put our hope and promise? I would say there's really three simple promises that I want to give you today to put your hope in. One is this, is the promise of Jesus. This is Christmas season. I want to read you Matthew chapter 1, just so you understand that this promise from Isaiah chapter 7 comes right here into Matthew chapter 1. This is the arrival of Jesus on planet Earth. Verse 22, all this took place, Matthew writes, to fulfill what the Lord had spoken so long ago by the prophet, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. So when you think about the promise of Jesus, it's a promise that God is with you. The promise of Jesus coming to earth is God not distancing himself from your sin, your brokenness, your shame. It's God saying, I love you so much and I see you stuck in all the pain and the misery that you've really created for yourself in your life. I love you so much that I'm gonna come and not judge you, but walk with you and walk in your shoes as a human. This little baby born here on earth grows up as a human just like you and I, faces every pressure, pain, anxiety, fear that you've ever faced, yet he stays faithful to God through it all and becomes this perfect one. See, the only way for us to be eternally with God in heaven is to be perfect. We can't be perfect on our own. We need someone who is perfect to give us his perfection. That's who Jesus is. It's this substitution of God's perfection in exchange for all of our imperfections. That's who Jesus is. He who knew no sin became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You can put your hope in the promise of Jesus, God's son, God's savior, come to earth for you. God is with you. You have fear about the future. God is with you. You have uncertainty about how school is gonna go. God is with you. You don't know how this pandemic is gonna work itself out. God is with you. You don't know about the divorce that seems to be looming over your head. God is with you. You don't understand how work is gonna ever come back around to any kind of normal because of how the economy is. God is with you. You're in the medical community and you're overwhelmed by how things are going in our culture right now. God is with you. See, this is the promise of Jesus. It's a promise that will never disappoint. It's a promise that you can just allow your heart to stand firm on right now. The promise of Jesus is the promise that God is with you. But not only that, there's a promise of peace that I wanna give you. This is a promise that you can put all of your hope in. Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, I have told you all this. He's telling his disciples, I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, 
You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus promises peace if you would take heart, believing that he has overcome every challenge, every trouble, every sickness, every insecurity, every bit of uncertainty that we face, Jesus came. He lived, he died, he rose again, overcoming every bit of whatever you're facing right now. Take heart. There's a promise of peace that you can stand firm in right now. Some of you, the last thing you feel is peace, but God is just breathing his peace into your soul right now. God is good. He's in control. He loves you. He is with you. And he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. And finally, there's a promise of eternity. I've touched on it a few times now. You're an eternal being. You are made for for eternity. This life, you're actually passing through. The Bible speaks of this life as a vapor. It's just like this little tiny speck in the whole kind of spectrum of eternity. You're an eternal being. You have a soul inside you that will live forever. And God has a, a promise of eternity that you and I can put our hope in. It's a hope that, that we're not just living for this life. We're not just living for, for fulfillment here and now, but there is an actual place. We're gonna talk about it next week called heaven that we are made for, built for, able to go to with relationship in God. A place that we can, we can long for and, and, and look beyond this life to, to really find a hope that will never disappoint. See, if you're an American watching this, there's been a really a challenge that we're coming up against that we most of us have never come up against in, in, in our time. It's that most of the hopes that have been temporary and on this planet that we have enjoyed and wanted, those hopes are being taken away from us right now in a way that we've never experienced before. Maybe if you're a part of, you're in another country, you might kind of snicker at how Americans are reeling right now through some of this because maybe you've experienced so much already taken away in your life. But here's what I would say to those of us that just feel this like constant disappointment right now. This life, this world, as amazing as our country has been, none of it was ever intended to be a place that we put our hope. Our hope has always been for eternity. We are eternal beings. We are created for eternity. So it's no wonder the disappointment that seems to be reeling through so many of our hearts and minds right now. There's a promise of eternity that gives us hope for this life, that this is not all there is. I love how Paul talks about this hope for eternity in Romans chapter five. He says, we can rejoice also too. We can rejoice in these times as well when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. <laughs> endurance, probably least favorite word for many of us, right? But endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Confident hope of salvation. 
And this hope will not lead to disappointment. This is what we long for, a hope that will not disappoint. For we know how dearly God loves us because, how do we know? Because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Those of us that have put our hope in Jesus, this promise of Jesus, knowing that he promises peace, not only peace with God, but peace in our hearts as we navigate all the troubles of this life, those of us that have put our hope in this promise of eternity that God has saved us, wants to save us and give us heaven to live for, not just this planet, we have an opportunity to have this confident hope and this assurance inside of us that says God loves us. His spirit and inside of us confirms the love of God over and over and over again in our hearts and reminds us, stand firm in this faith or you will not stand at all. And when I think about the picture of Ahaz, and then you fast forward to the picture of Jesus, man, there's so many parallels that I go, God, you're so good that you would take all the brokenness of Ahaz's story when, when he took matters into his own hands and you'd give us the pure picture of Jesus in submission to his father every step of the way here on planet earth, willing to even die on behalf of the sins of the world. That's God's plan, that's God's will. Jesus is submitted to God's plan and God's will, not taking matters into his own hands. Ahaz's son, this Emmanuel, promise, sacrificed on the altar of a pagan God, trying to save a nation, Jesus willingly sacrificed the hands of the pagans, absolutely, but not to save a nation, but to save a soul of every single one of all of humanity. And he's fulfilling a promise in this sacrifice, not denying a promise. And, and I love that, that God gives the redemption of even Ahaz's story in Jesus. And you and I have an opportunity to once again decide, hey, Am I gonna stand firm in this faith in the promises of God, the hope of heaven, the hope that's found in the promises of God here right now? Because if I don't stand firm, if you don't stand firm in our faith, we won't stand at all in this time. And I really believe God wants to give you hope to hold on to, a hope that will never disappoint. My prayer is that as you hear this, God just is, is speaking hope peace, the satisfaction into your soul, this desire to just trust God more than anything else on this planet. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, here's my hope is that you would hear this promise of eternity, know that you're an eternal being made for heaven. You can't get to heaven on your own. It is only by the power and the love of Jesus Christ that you can be forgiven of every sin that separates you from God. By putting your faith in him, you are now saying, I'm choosing to stand firm in a faith that Jesus loves me, has saved me, and is gonna empower me to live for him here on this planet and set me on a mission to help as many other people know his love as possible. And in that place of faith, desire in your heart, God says, I'm going to save you. I'm going to lead you to know me. I'm going to lead you to be who I made you to be. And that is the free place where, where all of us are living from. That is the hope-filled place that God is calling you to live from. That hope, that decision is, is symbolized through baptism. That's a picture that we celebrate all the time around here. And 
I want you to experience what it's like to have that hope. Every time somebody puts their hope in Jesus Christ, they're baptized and they do it right on the spot, immediately. And I wanna call you to respond with that same kind of immediacy, that same kind of passion today as Jesus is drawing you to himself, as he's inviting you to have a hope that will never disappoint. Reach out to our team, chat, however you need to text the number. We wanna help you take your next steps with Jesus. We wanna speak hope and encouragement into every situation that you're facing right now. We wanna pray God's peace into your life. We are with you as you navigate this crazy time in life. We wanna point you to the hope that we can hold on to firmly that's found in Jesus the promise of God, the fulfillment of God that gives us so much confidence, not only for this life, but for the life to come. Let me pray over you. Jesus, you see every soul right now that's tuned in, God, I pray just your grace, your hope, your peace, God, to flood every soul. For everyone that's wavering right now, unstable, maybe double-minded, God, I pray that you would re- Fix their faith, God, in you. Just establish, God, a, a firm faith that you are the God of promise, of fulfillment, where we can put our hope in the promises of God. Anywhere the enemy is trying to lie, to create doubt, to create anxiety, to create overwhelmingness, God, we just come against in the name of Jesus and ask God that you would fill those places of attack, God, with hope. You are with us. You are Emmanuel. You came to save. You came to love. You came to establish that the God of promise loves you, knows you, is with you. God, I pray that you would just lift all of our hearts and our attention, God, to you. Forgive us, God, for getting so consumed with this world this planet with these trials, God, you're developing a perseverance and an endurance and a character inside of us right now. And we choose, God, to put our hope in you. We choose to put our hope in your promises, God. We love you so much, Jesus. We give you our hearts in your name. Amen. I love you so much, real life. I pray that you know that God is with you, that we are with you any way that we can walk with you. Please respond right now. Allow us the opportunity to walk with you. Let's worship together. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to stay in touch and visit the description for our contact info. We would love to be praying for you. As always, we hope this podcast encouraged you and pointed you closer to Jesus. Take care.